Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Lucy Hickmott. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast on Thursday the 4th of January. Coming up, there's anger over a new one-way system in Hearn Bay with calls for it to be scrapped. But first, a woman who lost everything in a fire at her home in West Kingsdown says she has her rescue dog to thank for still being alive. Emma Churchill's caravan caught a light on Christmas Eve, but luckily she was alerted by her pet dog, Dobby. The 34-year-old's been telling Kent Online about what happened. So, yeah, it was just a normal, normal day, normal evening. Um, Obviously, we're all looking forward to Christmas. Obviously, I didn't celebrate Christmas uh, 2022 um, because obviously I was made homeless. Um, So this year I thought, right, I've got myself a little Christmas tree and I've got all my decorations and presents under the tree and stuff. I thought, right, this is going to be a really good Christmas. We're going to make up for last year. And yeah, I went went to bed um, as normal. I think I went to bed about one-ish because I don't really sleep very well. Um, and I woke up, well, the dog woke me up at about two o'clock, two in the morning. Um, like he was really, really whining, which he normally doesn't. He, when I go to sleep, that's it. He's like dead to the world. Um, yeah, he was really whining. He was like pacing up and down the bed, you know, sort of whining, barking, just really going at me. And I thought, oh, for God's sake, I thought, well, he can't need a wee because we've only been in bed an hour, you know, surely you know not and then I thought maybe he's heard a cat or a dog and it set him off so I was going oh you know shut up shut up you know shush be quiet um but he was really really going um and then as I sort of started to wake up I could hear like a really at first I thought it was like really heavy raindrops uh like banging down um and I thought blimey that's that's raining quite heavy um and then I was I was boiling hot like really really hot and I went to turn the light on and realized there was no electric and then I started I could smell like a really strong like almost like a burning plastic kind of smell and I thought yeah this all happened you know like instantly like all all at the same time sort of thing and as soon as I opened the bathroom door it was just like an orange glow like the whole bathroom was lit up and I thought oh my god no um, I've ripped the blind up, I've stuck my head out the window and everything um, sort of to the right-hand side of the caravan was was alight. Um, you know, the flames were massive, the smoke was so, so thick and strong. There was just sort of uh, like the embers from the fire were flying everywhere. And I just thought, oh my dear God. And the first thing I saw, I thought was... Because round the back uh, where the shed was, I had all my animals. I had a couple of bunnies and guinea pigs and stuff. And I thought, oh, my God, they're, they're burning. I thought, Jesus. And then I thought, obviously, the garage. I thought, if the garage goes up, that's where my dad's classic car is. And I thought, oh, my God, like, this is this is bad. So I ran and got my mobile phone, rang 999. While I was on the phone to her, I was getting the dog, like, trying to put his harness and his lead on. I just grabbed a pair of shoes, um, put my dressing gown on and just ran out to the house. Um, because the fire was that end, I had all gas bottles there. Um, they were empty, but I thought, obviously, you always get the last little drags in the bo- in the bottom of a bottle. And plus, I assumed they'd be filled with fumes if they're empty. And I thought, well, if they go up, that's 
the whole house gone. Um, so I'm still on the phone, got the dog, um, ran down to my dad, banged on his window, and I said, look, get everyone out, there's a fire, I don't know how far it's going to spread sort of thing, just get out. And then I went and waited on the corner of the, the street, because um, when I sort of looked outside, the flames were so high, it was so big, it, it was everything was well alight. Um, so yeah, then eventually my stepmom came out with her dog, and then the fire brigade turned up. I think they got there in about 10 minutes. Um, but honestly, it felt like hours. You know, I was on the phone to, to the lady on, on the other end and I was going, you know, please hurry up, please hurry up. Um, and she was like, they're coming, they're coming. Um, and yeah, but obviously 10 minutes, those static caravans, they only take about 10 minutes until they're burnt down to the axles, which it had. Um, I wasn't sure how bad the garage was. I, I knew the shed was gone with the animals because obviously that's the first thing I saw. Uh, I was hoping the garage would be okay because obviously, although it's got a wooden roof, it's brick built. The walls are brick. So I was sort of praying that the car would be all right. Um, only one fire brigade turned up initially and I didn't realise like they have to prioritise the surrounding houses. So they let the caravan carry on burning unfortunately and started hosing down all the neighbours properties to stop it spreading to the houses um and then gradually more and more fire engines turned up I think there was four or five by the end of it and yeah and then they they just started putting everything out and then we sort of saw how bad it really was you can see pictures of the damage in the story on our website. The cause of the fire has been linked to an extension lead. Kent Online reports. A motorcyclist has died after a head-on crash with a car in Rochester. The black bike he was riding collided with a blue Ford Fiesta on Rochester Road near the Bridgewood Manor roundabout just after five yesterday evening. The man who's in his 20s and from Aylesford was declared dead at the scene. Investigators are keen to speak to witnesses or anyone with dashcam footage. A man's been arrested after a woman was sexually assaulted and threatened with a weapon in Chatham. She was attacked in Victoria Gardens late on New Year's Eve, then followed to a petrol station on New Road. A 51-year-old's been questioned and released on bail until March. Head over to Kent Online to see CCTV images of a man and woman police want to speak to after two people were stabbed in Gravesend. The victims were walking in the town centre near Harmer Street when they were assaulted in the early hours of New Year's Day. Both were taken to a London hospital where one remains in a stable condition. Now, this is one of our most read stories today. Hundreds of people have signed a petition calling for a new one-way system in Hearn Bay to be scrapped just weeks after it came into force. The new road layout has been set up as part of the seafront is now cordoned off to make way for a new plaza area. Supporters say it'll boost the economy in the summer with space for eating, drinking and performances. It's cost £250,000. Nicola's been chatting to councillor Chris Cornell who's the cabinet member for Coastal Towns at Canterbury City Council. 
So the Plaza Scheme is a Kent County Council initiative designed to improve cycling, essentially from the station along to the seafront. What it sees is the formation of a new public square out the front of the pier and a one-way system which will prevent residents from essentially driving down the seafront in a way they historically have. I believe the idea behind the plaza as well is to try and boost the, the economy. What, what are you hoping it will be used for in future? Well, the plaza effectively seems a little bit like an unwanted Christmas present. Uh, Kent County Council have forced it on uh, local people and we're all essentially wondering whether it's something we should return to the charity shop or not. Uh, the town square essentially won't solve economic regeneration. It will provide a space in which local groups can essentially uh, meet with the public. But the truth is we've got other town squares in town. We've got them by the swimming pool. We've got them by the clock tower. And essentially a town square is a nice place to meet, but it won't solve some of the wider issues of Herne Bay. What would you say those wider issues are then, Chris, and, and how should they be solved? Well, essentially, it needs a bit of joined up thinking. The, the broader issue in Herne Bay is actually jobs and training uh, among, amongst young, uh, young people, particularly. Uh, it's about having a vision for the town and how its tourist economy can survive with Canterbury on its doorstep and uh, Whitstable down the road. It needs a clear identity. The problem about this town square is essentially it's just a space. It's not saying anything about what Herne Bay should essentially be. It's not a big ambitious project, which is perhaps pedestrianising the whole of the seafront and making it uh, kind of different. It's a, a kind of 30 foot by 30 foot square, which effectively lots of residents are notably and understandably annoyed about because it's restricting access and uh, preventing them uh, getting about their day in the way that they've been used to. What do you think in principle about the 20 mile per hour zone? Are you happy with that, but would have preferred maybe the slower speed limit to include being able to drive along the seafront or do you not agree with any of it? I think at 20 mile an hour areas are okay, but to be honest, they're considered a silver bullet to solve problems. That's not a, it's not an incredibly dangerous area. I think that slowing down traffic in and around quite a heavy residential area uh, around there is, uh, is uh, sensible. But to be honest, putting a one-way system in will effectively do that because the roads that they're forcing people onto are so small that they're not going to be speeding up and down, uh, up and down them anyway. Um, I think that the idea of a cycle route in itself is necessarily, it isn't necessarily a bad one, but to be honest, it didn't need to come with a public square, which nobody wanted. Dan Watkins is also a local councillor. He's in favour of the project. The uh, Plaza project, which uh, has been a, actually a joint project between uh, 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 Canterbury City Council and Kent County Council, um, you know, is uh, is one that has only just been um, uh, delivered. Indeed, it's still in construction phase at the moment. So um, I uh, am very keen that uh, we finish it in, just in the next couple of weeks uh, and then we see how it beds in. And uh, uh, residents who've got strong views about it already, um, you know, take a fresh look at it once it's completed. You can't judge anything until it's completed. Um, and, and, and take take. Take that, take that view then, as I will be, you know, looking at, at how it's working in, in practice. Now, in terms of the benefits of the scheme as a whole, um, it's it's actually a three kind of pronged uh, project. The bit part I was originally working on as Kent County Councillor was an extension of the 20 mile per hour zone, just from a few of the seafront roads, uh, essentially, to the whole core of town. I was doing that in response to a lot of resident demand, uh, Kate. Residents who were worried that their streets were not safe enough um, and they wanted to make them safer, quieter, 
uh, and greener, actually, um, to make a better place for families, you know, to, to walk down the road or for people to, 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 to use their wheelchairs and mobility scooters or, or indeed cycle uh, around the town. So that's how it started life. Um, my aspect of it started life. But, um, yeah, Canterbury City Council long been working on the plaza itself. Um, and um, in light of monies from government for active travel, they also developed uh, a cycle route from the station to the seafront with um, with, with, with council. So essentially the plaza, uh, the cycle route and the expanded 20 mile per hour zone are all part parcel of the same project funded by the Department for Transport. So no cost for local taxpayers. And that that's that's what we're what we're working on. So it is all about um, helping people. Uh, feel safer um, to walk or wheel or cycle in the community. And, and when people do, you, you get um, better health outcomes for people. You know, they're, they're, they're active, they're fitter, um, less health conditions later down the line. Mentally, you feel in a better place. We saw this during the pandemic, during lockdown. You know, it was a terrible time that people going, spending their time walking around, um, you know, really showed to people the, 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 the value of, of being out in the in, in the uh, in the outdoors but also you know, better transport outcomes if um if people are walking and wheeling and cycling they're not in the cars clogging up the road creating uh, more pollution uh, which then feeds back to another health benefit because air quality is an issue in, in canterbury district um, and finally you know just just economically all the evidence shows that um when you make uh, an area better for people to, to uh, visit it on foot, say, as, as opposed to sort of parking and paying the fee by the hour. Um, they, they linger longer on their high streets. They spend more money, Kate, and that, and that benefits our, our, our shops. And we've seen that actually in Herne Bay with the success of pedestrianisation of Morton Street. Um, many of the shops around the area are, are, are flourishing, you know, in the, in the years we've had since that went live. So there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic that the project can meet those goals. Um, but we've got to let it bed in and see, because I, I accept the construction period has had uh, plenty of challenges, disruption, and I'm really sorry for residents who've been caught up in that. Kent Online News. A man's been charged after a police chase which ended on the A2 near Gravesend. Several vehicles were damaged when it happened on the London-bound stretch at the junction with Rootham Road on New Year's Day. A 22-year-old from south-east London is due in court, accused of handling stolen goods, dangerous driving, failing to stop and driving while disqualified. Police investigating a burglary at a charity shop in Hawkehurst have given us CCTV images of three men they want to speak to. A property on Rye Road was damaged in the early hours of Christmas Eve and the contents of a fridge belonging to a community project were stolen. You can see the pictures over on our website. A man's been arrested after a railway worker was punched at Sittingbourne Station. British Transport Police were called to reports of antisocial behaviour on Tuesday afternoon. We're told the southeastern member of staff was hit after trying to remove him from the site for being drunk. We're into a second day of strike action by junior doctors in Kent and the rest of England. A row's broken out between NHS leaders and union bosses after some medics were asked to return to work because of fears over patient safety. An agreement was made before the walkout started. The staff could be recalled as a last resort, but the BMA claims management are failing to follow the deal correctly. 
Junior doctors are calling for a 35% pay rise to make up for years of real-time wage cuts. Oliver from our colleagues at KMTV has been chatting to people in Rochester to find out what they think about the industrial action. It's not very good for everybody really because people need doctors to help them but the doctors need the money so with the cost of living and price of everything gone up I think a lot of people know that you need a bit more money so I think they deserve it. Considering there's a shortage of doctors, you need to have uh, you know, better pay to encourage more people to go into the medical profession. So it's not a good uh, sign when doctors as they are now saying that they're not getting paid enough. It doesn't encourage a future generation to come and uh, join the medical profession. The doctors are in a situation where their pay is not kept up with other people's and the job they do is absolutely essential. All of my family have been very thankful to the NHS for everything it's done, but um, I just despair in the current government being able to do anything about it. So you ultimately support the doctors' strike? Absolutely, yes. We have a lot of sympathy for the doctors because they don't get paid um, as much as they could do, and if you think about it, their salary's gone down over a long period of time. I think it's very difficult to do six days of strikes because it affects so many people. So I think that's the thing I would probably feel a bit um, you know it's, it's just too long because it just impacts so many people after the Christmas period that need the um, the hospital support really the walkout lasts until next Tuesday morning Kent online reports Seven fire engines have been called to Hythe after a bungalow caught alight. The blaze broke out on West Hythe Road late last night. Crews spent 10 hours tackling the flames. No one was hurt and the cause is thought to have been accidental. An investigation's underway as a woman claims to have been racially abused and assaulted by three teenage girls at Primark in Chatham. A video's been posted on social media following the incident last Friday. A member of staff was forced to intervene. The head teacher of a secondary school in Chatham has stepped down ahead of a merger. Shelley Bridger has left Greenacre Academy, which is rated inadequate by Ofsted. The boys' school is merging with Walderslade Girls, which shares the same site. It might not surprise you to hear there's been a big increase in the number of potholes being reported in the county, according to figures seen by Kent Online. More than 5,500 were logged in the 10 weeks from October 1st to December 19th last year, up from just under 2,000 over the same time in 2021. The county... In 2021, the County Council say they're spending £50 million on tackling the problem, including bringing in more contractors to do repairs. There could be more flooding in parts of the county as a weather warning for heavy rain is in force. The yellow alert lasts until 3am tomorrow and forecasters say some areas could get as much as 50 millimetres of rain in the space of nine hours. It comes after major disruption during Storm Henk earlier this week. Matt Higginson from the Environment Agency has been speaking to Sophia Aiken from KMTV. We've seen uh, some impacts from a number of our river catchments. Uh, they've already had a lot of water in them, a lot of rain in recent weeks and months so um, they're very saturated so any additional rain that's fallen on them has caused uh, a number of them to come out of bank already. Uh, we've seen flooding across uh, catchments, the Medway, uh, Stour uh, and for groundwater. 
uh, in East Kent as well. We've had the Nailbourne and the Elkenbourne uh, starting to flow as well. So it's caused some disruption to uh, certainly to travel, uh, with people moving around uh, and with the wind as well has caused disruption to uh, some power supplies and uh, motorways and, and the rail network across the county as well. And we've seen this yellow weather warning issued. So what would you kind of advise to people who are potentially out on the roads or I guess even... Um those who are maybe in an area that's high risk flooding, what would you advise? One thing I would certainly suggest is for people to sign up to our flood alerts and flood warnings. Uh, you can do that on the gov.uk website, uh, sign up there, search for flood warnings. Uh, you can not only sign up there, uh, but you can also find out information about which local areas are impacted. Uh, that will have specific information for each of those locations and catchments about how long the flooding uh, is lasted for. And those uh, updates are updated fairly regularly um, when the wet weather uh, is in force. Um, obviously advise people never to drive or walk or travel through flood water. You never know how deep uh, it is, what may have been carried through there uh, and what may be in the flood water uh, as well. Um, obviously check uh, sort of travel apps uh, on, online as well to make sure that, that roads and rail uh, are open and, and working properly. Uh, there's a high potential for a lot of surface water flooding um, uh, with, with the potential uh, rainfall we could see. Uh, Thursday into Friday so certainly if people are making journeys uh, rush hour Friday morning and throughout Friday uh, really strongly advise people to check uh, those travel routes to make sure that they are open uh, and moving freely uh, and they're not impacted by by some surface water. Is that quite concerned the kind of the rise in in these storms that we're seeing? We have uh, rosters and uh, teams in place who, who deal with the, sort of the adverse weather through uh, wind and rain uh, with climate change, there's a potential for these things to happen uh, more frequently, uh, potentially more uh, inclement weather more frequently uh, as climate change uh, has an impact. However, we, we've got teams rostered in uh, throughout the weekend uh, for what we're looking at. We work very closely with partners uh, in terms of local authorities, Kent County Council, uh, Travel and Rail Network and utility partners as well to ensure that uh, we can provide messaging uh, and that we're joined up to understand the risks about what's happening. We've got plans in place to operate a number of our flood defences should that be needed, those thresholds be reached uh, and teams on the ground who are managing uh, those structures in the rivers, clearing trash screens, making sure the rivers can flow through freely. So um, I have no doubt that people will be concerned when there is uh, strong wind and rain and, and when there are floods locally as well. But uh, we work well with partners to ensure that those risks are, are minimised where we can manage those and to provide uh, warning and informing services for people to, to keep up to date with that information as well. Meanwhile, temperatures are set to plummet this weekend and a yellow cold health alert has also been issued. It comes into force on Saturday at 9am and lasts until midday on Tuesday. Tuesday. Plans to build more than 100 homes on an orchard near Maidstone have been rejected. Developers wanted to create the estate on land off Albion Road in Marden. Council bosses say it would have had a harmful impact on the village. Elsewhere, there are plans for a new housing development with a nursery, cafe and community hub in part of Medway. 134 homes could be built across three sites on the Hoo Peninsula. They include some agricultural land as well as the site of the former Sturdy Sports and Social Club on Stoke Road. Kent Online News.
A little boy from Canterbury has been given an award for his bravery by the cast of the Panto at the city's Marlow Theatre. Four-year-old Atlas was two when he was found to have a brain tumour after initially developing a twitch in his leg. He's had two major operations to remove a cyst and is likely to need radiotherapy in future. He was given his award by CBB's Mr Maker. Really, really proud to support the fantastic work that Cancer Research UK do for so many years and the Star Awards have been amazing. Every year it's my favourite day of the year and I just feel humbled by the young people and their families. Atlas's mum Elizabeth says the award means a huge amount. Days like today are so special because when we're sitting in hospital these are the days that we talk about and the experiences we remember. Um, we don't often have an opportunity to book things like this because we never know what's going to happen so it's so nice to enjoy these days. A beacon could be added to a Kent landmark as a memorial to the late Queen. The idea is to put it next to the Y crown, which is carved into the North Downs and can be seen across Ashford. If approved, it could be lit for the first time on the 6th of June to mark the 80th anniversary of D-Day. And it sounds like a scene from Hot Fuzz. Police have rescued a swan after it was found wandering along a dual carriageway in Ashford. Officers were called to the A2070 near the Sevington Inland Border Facility on Tuesday night. You can see pictures in the story on our website. Kent Online Sport. Tennis and Kent's Emma Raducanu has been knocked out in the second round of the Auckland Open. She was beaten by Elena Svitolina after coming back from an eight-month break following surgery. The 21-year-old from Orpington will play in the Australian Open later this month after being given direct entry into the main draw. That's all from us today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, X, Instagram, TikTok and Threads. You can also get details on the top stories directed to your email each morning via the briefing. To sign up, just head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.